Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Well, I was I was actually going to play last game, but the girls smashed it, so they didn't need me. And then I thought, oh, we might as well give it a rest. And then um, even today, there was the the opportunity that I wouldn't play if you know the girls smashed it. But we thought it was best for me and the team. And um, the girls absolutely killed it. I'm so proud of them. And me coming on personally, it was yeah, big relief after a big three weeks. Yeah, there we go. Sam Kerr after last night's, well, cameo to uh, end the Matildas win 2-0 over Denmark. Um, For the 15 minutes that she was on or there, thereabouts, did you just hold your breath the the whole time? Going, oh, Sam, really, do do you need to come on? We've got this in the bag. We're up 2-0. I know it's the most dangerous scoreline in in football, but really? Do we need to risk her? She got through, although there was that fall where she did the splits and fell awkwardly. Oh, again, heart-in-the-mouth stuff. Uh, we've got until uh, Saturday evening to turn around. I'm just having a look here uh, at the ratings that have come through. I said I'd bring you these numbers. Uh, the Matildas have knocked off the AFL and NRL Grand Finals plus State of Origin. Whoa. More than 3.5 million watched on Channel 7 last night. Uh, Wow, that was including streaming. So on Channel 7, 3.1, on 7 plus, 385,000. It is breaking records all over the place. So will the sleeping giant of Australian sport awake? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. It's the question I've been asking all morning. I, I want to hear from you if you are one of the 1.1 million people who play football in this country, who play soccer in this country. It is the most played sport in Australia. Yet why doesn't the majority rule? Why doesn't it get more traction? We've seen the Socceroos win the Asian Cup. We've seen them be in World Cups since 2006. Why doesn't it catch on? Text from Murray. He said, Ben, there's a hint of truth in Gordon Tallis's words. While the other codes say league and AFL bask in a protected cocoon week in and week out, they still remain the superior product with the stars being here and not being the best in what they do playing overseas and plying their trade there. Murray, thank you. Uh, Jason says, uh, Ben, the giant was never asleep. The Matildas are well and truly awake. Jace, thank you for your text listening in. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Let's go straight to a man who knows this inside and out. And he might have some words of wisdom for Football Australia and how they actually could ching, cash in on the Matildas' success. Uh, Simon Hill, he is the voice of the game. He's the host of the Global Game. Simon, a very good morning. It's always a good morning after Australia win in any sport, isn't it? <laughs> good morning. Well, speaking as an Englishman, I'd uh, exclude the cricket from that. But, uh, yes, it's a good morning. <laughs> yeah, come on, mate. You're, you're, you're here now. You're one of us. Come on. You bleed green and gold. <laughs> not uh, in cricket. <laughs> not the end as I breathe. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Well, then, what if semi-finals, the Lionesses and the Matildas collide? I will be watching as a fan. <laughs> All right. Well, well, let's let's before we get into last night and the nuts and bolts of that. The, the question I'm asking, and you just heard that, the the sleeping giant of Australian sport, 
How does Football Australia, how does the FFA cash in on this? How do they make that next step? Say what rugby didn't do when we had a home World Cup here in 2003 and we're beaten by England, but anyway, move on from that. What lessons can be learned? What needs to be done to to cash in on this and grow the popularity of, of sport of the sport to the next level? Well, first of all, let's uh, differentiate. Um, Football Australia runs the national teams and grassroots around the country. So at the moment, they're doing a pretty good job. Um, the national teams are doing very well. The, the soccer is, of course, as well as the Matildas, reached uh, the knockout phase of the Men's World Cup last year. Uh, they've got sponsorship deals in place. We've got participants coming out of our ears, more, mm. more than we know what to do with, to be honest. So the Football Australia is part of the equation. is pretty much ticked. The missing part of the jigsaw is support for the game at domestic level. Now, that no longer falls under the auspices of Football Australia because they no longer run it. Uh, that comes under the, uh, the direction of the APL, the Australian Premier Leagues, who run both the men's and a, uh, women's A-League competition. Now, this is where the, uh, you know, the disconnect is at its greatest um, because uh, whilst we have a functioning uh, professional league in both men's and women's, and it uh, you know, has success to a certain degree. We don't have uh, mainstream cut through and uh, we don't have enough people that go and watch the games every week in the stadiums or in terms of TV eyeballs. So, you know, th- that's the problem that we have to fix. If only a fraction of the amount of people we've seen filling the stadiums right across the country for this Women's World Cup were to turn up on a regular basis to watch the A-League men's or women's or both, then uh, we would be, at the very least, on a par with rugby league in terms of crowds um, and probably you know, maybe a bit less in terms of TV eyeballs. But that is the disconnect that we have to fix. It's It's been a decades-long problem. It's not an easy fix. Some of it's cultural. Uh, some of it's internal poor administration and factionalism. Um, and some of it is, you know, the media, uh, to be honest, and that's not a crack at the media uh, generally. It's the fact that, uh, you know, the, the big uh, companies, uh, particularly News Corp, uh, invest their money these days exclusively in, you know, rugby league, in Aussie rules, cricket, and they own 60, 70% of the mainstream media. So, of course, they're going to promote those sports. Uh, so we lose out in that regard. Obviously, the Women's World Cup is too big for them to ignore, so it's getting a lot of traction at the moment. But the big question is, once the circus leaves town, which it will do mm. in a week or two's time, uh, what is the longer-term legacy of this competition for our sport? Uh, and I've argued that I'm, you know, I, I have concerns that once it stops, and we saw this with the Asian Cup in 2015, Australia won the competition, Angie Postacoglu and all of that, and they, they were the nation's darlings. And our crowds and ratings dropped off a cliff two weeks afterwards when the A-League started. So that's what we have to guard against, uh, what the solutions are. That's for better brains than mine. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a thorny problem. And, um, you know, hopefully this time they've got some solutions in place. Oh, well, Simon, you, I think you've just cut my next question off at the knees. But you, you've been around the game so long and you've just mentioned the the problems and the issues, the hurdles they face. If you were in charge of the APL, what would be your first mission? 
what would be the first thing you could do to to rectify or at least get it on the right track of getting those crowds of getting eyeballs on on the TV screens? Well, look, I mean, I would hope, and it's entirely possible they've done this, of course, that throughout the course of this Women's World Cup, they are looking at ways of piggybacking on not only the Matilda's success, but as I've said, the, you know, the, the huge crowds around the country. Now, uh, you know, let, let's take one country as an example. Uh, when Colombia played Germany, a lot of people, you know, wrote publicly, well, you know, listen to the atmosphere in this place. It was phenomenal. There were 40,000 inside the stadium in Sydney, I think it was. Um, and 80% of those supporters, I will guarantee, have not flown all the way from Colombia. Yeah. There might be a small proportion that have, have flown in, but the vast majority will be uh, people of Colombian or South American heritage uh, who live in this country who have got on board because they identify with their country of heritage or, or, or some lineage with that part of the world. They are there to be tapped. They obviously love football, um, but you've got to make them feel an identity, a connection with your local club. Now, there are, there are many ways of doing that. Of course, back in the day when I was a kid growing up in Manchester in Northern England, and I know it's a very different country. I know football is number one over there, but I'm just using this as an example. Uh, they started Manchester City, my club, a junior supporters club. And I was one of the first members of that club, number 596. I still remember the number. So I was one of the first thousand to sign up. And every week uh, they would have what they call branch meetings where you could meet the players. They sent out scars. They sent out uh, membership packs. They sent out autograph books and photos and all sorts of things. And that all helped to cement that connection that, to be fair, I already had because of my father. But it helped to cement it for me and ensure that that was not just my club for the moment, but remained so for life. And I, I'm not sure, and I might be doing, you know, the, the clubs a disservice. I'm not sure they do, <clears throat> excuse me, enough of that, particularly when faced with, you know, such competition that we have in this country from rugby league, Aussie rules, rugby union, cricket, etc. So, you know, they have to work very hard at not only attracting the community, um, but getting them to become rusted on fans. Uh, cheaper tickets would certainly be a way of, uh, of helping, maybe some help with transport for those who live in the outer areas, say, of Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane. Um, I'm sure that there are multiple ways that you can attract the fans because clearly, having watched this Women's World Cup, and we see this on big occasions anyway with grand finals, soccer games, the football fans are there. They are just waiting to be tapped into. Unfortunately, our domestic leagues have not done it quite well enough as yet. You are listening to the dulcet tones of Simon Hill, the host of the Global Game, the voice of football in this country. Um, Simon, I'll tell you who does do that. What you've just mentioned is the AFL and the Auskick program. Any parent listening knows that the Auskick program comes into their schools. The kids get a water bottle, a backpack, um, ask who their favourite team is, and, and they learn how to kick a Sharon in, in Brisbane. Like, that's... What? That's unheard of. Not in the southern states, but here. So AFL is doing exactly what you said about getting in the juniors, getting them in early, getting the kids in. Even rugby league is under threat. I know Ben Iken, the head of the QRL, is meeting with the NRL, if not today, in the next 24 hours, asking asking for more grants, more money to actually combat that. So I reckon I reckon you've, you've, you've nailed something. Get the kids involved. And once you get kids involved, you've got the parents uh, as well. All right, last night, did you like... 
what you saw last night? Or is there room for improvement for the Matildas? Oh, I think it was difficult not to like what you saw last night. Um, they were very comfortable. Um, the only caveat I would say is that there are probably bigger tests to come, uh, which will probably start with France, um, providing they beat Morocco in uh, their round of 16 game today in Adelaide. Um, so that's going to be a bigger test for them. But uh, no, by and large, they were very, very good last night, controlled the game, uh, maybe less so in the, in the first half. Um, so there's, there's still, you know, the odd question here and there about the defence. To be fair, they weren't uh, put under any great pressure by the Danes last night. I thought we were very disappointed. Penilla Harder, probably uh, an exception. Mm. Uh, but overall, I, I think we're splitting hairs. Um, you, you can only beat what's in front of you. And the Matildas were uh, very comfortable, as I say, last night. I think that was probably their... Uh, I don't know whether you call it the best performance of the tournament because they were very good against Canada as well. But uh, it's certainly they're, they're growing very nicely into this tournament after that uh, that early shock against Nigeria. Mary Fowler, something isn't she? She scored the only goal the last time we played France, and it was one nil uh, in the in the warm up in the friendly. But the the, the balls that she set up for for Haley and then for um, for Caitlin, that, that was sublime, weren't they? Yeah, she's a terrific footballer. Um, and in many ways, and I'll, you know, probably heresy for saying this, but you know, she offers something uh, a little bit different to Sam Kerr, and probably suits the way Matilda's play because she can drop off that front line and you know pick the ball up from the midfielders or the defenders, and and because of her uh, sublime touch and her balance and her awareness of, of where her teammates are, she can turn it and play those patterns. Um, you know, she's inside her own half of the field when she set up Caitlin Ford for the opener yesterday. Uh, now, Sam Kerr is a different type of, of number nine. Obviously, we all know that. And, uh, you know, I have no doubt that when, when Sam is ready, she'll, she'll be in from the off because she's, uh, you know, she's the talisman of the team. But uh, Mary Fowler, I think you've got to find a place for her because she is the future, in all honesty, for the Matilda. She's you know, still only 20 years old. Uh, she's probably got two or three World Cups left in her. So... Um, she was very, very good last night. And Caitlin Ford and Hayley Razzo, uh, you know, deserve mention as well for their play, particularly on the wings. Um, you know, pace is something that you can't coach. And Australia have that. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult to defend. In spades. Uh, do you start, Sam, Saturday night? Or do you let her inject off the bench to be a game changer, as, uh, as Tony would like to say? Well, personally, I would start her on the bench. A, to give that calf as much time as possible to heal fully. And, and you're right, you know, we had that moment last night where she went over awkwardly and you thought, oh, uh, that could be a concern. Now, thankfully, she got up and she was okay. Uh, but sometimes you can, you know, re-injure yourself. It's good that she got some minutes in her legs last night. But they played so well with Mary Fowler as, as that number nine or false nine, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'd be tempted to to stick with that from the off. You, you've always got Sam there, you know, if required for the last half an hour or so, um, and and keep her fresh for any potential semi final against England. Where of course, you know, she plays her club football and knows all of those uh, players really well. I'm assuming, of course, that England are going to win their quarter final, and that's by no means a done deal given their poor performance last night. Yeah. Um, but if it is Australia or England in the semis, then. You know, Sam Kerr would be looking about one thinking, yeah, that, that's uh, you know that's the game I want to be involved in because I know those players. 
Either way, it is great to be talking about green and gold success, and it is something that we are, as a nation, so proud of. It doesn't matter the team or the sport. It's right now. It is the Matildas. Uh, we will be cheering them on Saturday. Uh, Simon, thank you. Uh, looking forward to hearing from you before the uh, the tournament is out as well. I appreciate your words of wisdom. Uh, Simon Hill, the host of the global game, uh, the voice of football in this country, and for an Englishman, not a bad bike. How about that? It's 19 minutes past 10. I wonder if he was still on the line and heard that. Um, the quiz coming up at 11. I've already given you two of the answers, or one answer, but two names. Let me see. Let me go through this. Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, here we go. Mitch Marsh. I'm not going to give you the question, but that is one of the answers you'll need. We've got a double to give away to the Lions and the Crows this Saturday at the Gabba. You can't get tickets to the Matildas. They are sold. In fact, sold out before the Matildas won that game last night. So it was a sell. Hey, actually, if you're going to that game, if you're going to uh, the Women's World Cup on Saturday, give me a shout. How easy or hard was it to get tickets? And did you preempt the Matildas making it this far and this was the game you were signalling, you were trying to get your finger on? 13, 13, 55. I want to hear your story. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, the other game in town at that time is the Lions Crows. I'll take you inside the Lions then before 11 o'clock. Uh, and that answer again, Mitch Marsh. 20 minutes past 10.